Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. It was a very fun one to shoot. Um, I got very nostalgic towards the end. We talked about automating your life. We talked about our books of the week, our weekly wins, and we also got kind of nostalgic about the past and where we are, where we've come to be. We talked about independence a lot. Um, it was a very fun episode. Uh, thanks for tuning in and enjoy. What's good? The allergies. Um, my allergies are very, very bad right now. Like Colorado has an earlier spring than Wisconsin. And my eye is just like a constant stream of tears <laughs> these days. Are you playing your violin? Yes, you can hear my tiny violin. I really, I'm sorry that you're you're privileged enough to be traveling and uh, have to experience spring sooner than other people. Um, I leave, anyways, I leave tomorrow though, and I'm back in Wisconsin. They have like six feet of snow or something absolutely insane like that. Why'd you uh, Why'd you cancel me yesterday? Um, it's Julie, Julie's birthday and we had a little party here. So I was, Oh, I guess I didn't put that together. I knew it was her birthday, but I didn't put two and two together. Whoopsie daisy. Yeah. Happy birthday, Julie. Cool. Um, I'll have her listen to this when it's released next week. <laughs> nice. Just so she can hear how much of an asshole I am. Yep. Um, all right, cool. What do you want to get into first? Um, well, I don't really have a particular topic to dive into so we can then go, I'll go first. Oh, okay. I was going to say we can start with books. <laughs> No, no, no. I want to go first with my topic. Okay. We'll get it out, get it out the gate. So my topic is automate your life. I think that it's not, and it does not mean making a zap year for everything. Uh, what it means is what I want to say is basically routine takes away decision-making bandwidth. So you'll have more space for other decisions. So for example, I think the best example I could think of for this, for people who do care about how they look, there's some people who just don't care about what they wear, like totally fine for them. But for the people, the majority of people who like care about how they're put together, having like a certain set of outfits or, you know, there's that, that kind of like uh, stereotype of Mark Zuckerberg wearing the same exact thing every single day. These are small things that can kind of reduce your total decision-making in a day. Okay. When you can automate your life through habits, it's, it's really the same thing as habits, but when you can get some of these things kind of determined and into a routine, it will allow you to be having more executive function for other things. And I think a lot of people do not recognize this, but the small decisions of, you know, what to eat, um, what to wear, what to do with your spare time, these things do take up a lot of uh, kind of bandwidth in your brain. And it, it makes it diff more difficult if you have a, a challenging role or a challenging job to, to have that time to make those decisions. This is something I've experienced and I, I experience it this day. Like if I don't know what I'm going to eat for lunch, like I'll spend sometimes five, 10 minutes just kind of like agonizing over, okay, what, well, what should I go do? Should I eat this? Is it healthy? Is it going to be too much food? You know, is it, is it reasonable to go get that? Whereas if I have it planned out, it's like it's lunchtime, boom, right? It could be these basic things. So finding ways to automate your life is super important and will give you opportunity to have better executive decision-making um, in other things in life. Yeah, I think it all just comes down to how can I make my life the quote-unquote 
easiest for me to, you know, go through the day. For example, for me, I hate picking out my cold. So I always do it the night before that way I can start the day and I don't even have to worry about it. I do the same thing where if I don't plan out my meals, I'm going to be like, well, maybe I should run to the store. Maybe I should cook this. Maybe I should cook that. But in reality, what I do is I meal prep. And so I always have like those decisions made for me. So I think like in a nutshell, I think it's basically how can I make my life the easiest possible? Like these small decisions that you don't realize take up so much time. I think that's, those are the exact decisions that you just have to find a way to automate. Like, you know, you, it just takes so much time to clean up the kitchen or your room or something. Make it very habitual that, after you were done using a dish, you either wash it right away or you put it in the dishwasher right away. After you um, take off your jacket, you're going to hang it up right away. And like those kind of habits, if you, or if you make those habitual, they will clear up so much time. So I'm definitely, I thought yeah. I would argue with you about this, but I'm, I'm right on board with you. I, I, I think another thing to, to remember is that if you haven't made the decision until it's very, you know, it's till it's time to make the decision. So like, if you haven't decided what you're going to eat for lunch, when the time comes for lunch, you're, you're much more subject to your kind of desires of the time or your, you're just like laziness, right? You might be like, oh man, I could just, I just want McDonald's, right? Cause it's quick and fast. But then you think, well, if you had thought about this beforehand and you said, okay, well, you know, I'm going to actually be going out for burgers tonight with my friends. Maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I'll have a salad, right? And making these decisions ahead of time makes you less susceptible to these, um, you know, as Catholics would call it concupiscence, right? Mm. Uh, just like giving into these, the easy thing and the, the, the desire that's kind of unchecked. So that was my, that's my topic today. I think for me, like working out is a big one because if I don't plan when I'm going to work out, there's a good chance I'm not going to do it unless I'm just like really in the mood to work out. Um, but that's definitely one of the biggest ones for me that I have to, honestly, I feel like I've become a chronic planner though. So, yeah, I mean, it's good if you can stick to the plan. I'm pretty good at planning, but usually what happens is my calendar, like, especially when I go on a really good, like planning spree, mm-hmm. I'll end up with one of my tasks. Like I'll just do it significantly longer. Cause a lot of these tasks are not just like, it's only one thing. It's like, okay, you could do this for literally 45 hours straight if you wanted to. However, you need to learn how to stop. And sometimes when I get into the groove, I just keep going. And then I'm like, oh, oops, got to push back all those other meetings. This happened to me on Wednesday, actually. Since you canceled, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do work. And then uh, it turns out I basically just worked until 930 last night. I didn't leave the office at 930. Like, whoops, I just, you know, went way Bye. overboard in what I was doing. So anyways, on to, on to books. What are your books? Um, this week, I am doing a very bad job, but I'll finish it um, by tomorrow. I'm reading The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. And honestly, so far, it is so funny. I I just, there's something about reading a book where an author was able to get humor, like, through the page to you, where you're actually, like, laughing while reading it. I, I very well done. I can't rate it yet because I'm not done with it, uh, but I'm really enjoying it. Silas? I have two books. Haha, <laughs> better than you. Actually, I am week. reading two books this week too. <laughs> no, but I'm finished with two books since oh, last, okay. last pod. Um, the, the Age of Wood is the first one I read, which is really about the, uh, by the way, there's no specific rhyme or reason for these. I know they're not exactly relevant to the pod, but <clears throat> it's um 
about the history of wood as a building material. And it concludes, it's a very, very long-winded way, in my opinion, to conclude with the fact that, hey, we need to use wood products, timber products more often for construction in the future because it's more sustainable. I mean, when I say it's long-winded, he goes through the history of how wood was a tool and then we went to steel and metals and all these things. And I was like, at the end of the book, I was kind of thinking to myself, isn't there a way he could have just gotten to that point sooner? I think it could have been a blog post. I do appreciate the history behind it, but I feel like he just, he, you know, he spewed history on the page just, just because of like history, which is fine. But, you know, in the form of a book, it depends, I guess, on, on what you're looking for. And I thought it kind of veered from the, from the title quite a lot. But the second book is Cobalt Red. And this one, I have to say, made me extremely emotional. So the book is called, again, Cobalt Red. And it's about the human um, rights issues going on in the Democratic Republic, uh, in the DRC, in the Democrat, Democratic Republic of the Congo. And when you're when I listened to the book and this guy's, I believe, a, a New York Times um, author and, or a New York uh, Times yeah, uh, writer. And he has done a lot of research since 2018, 19 and 2021. He, he wasn't able to travel in 2020, traveling to the DRC and interviewing people and finding out what's going on at these cobalt mines. OK, for those people unfamiliar, cobalt mines are cobalt is a is a mineral that's required in lithium ion batteries. It's pretty it's become very, very popular since kind of the the age of the battery with the iPhone and, and even more so re recently with EVs. And I will just say this much. I really recommend people to read this because I was listening to this book oftentimes and hearing the shit he was talking about is going on in these mines with children and people just like living in absolute terrible conditions. I mean, this is and it's, it's basically forced labor and child labor in many cases. It is disgusting. And it was so hard for me. I know I'm going on a bit of rant here, but it really affected me. It was so hard for me to remember that he's talking about this in terms of like, this is going on. I kept wanting to think, oh, wow, this is like something that happened years ago. But then he would mention something like a laptop or a phone. I was like, oh my gosh, like, wait a minute. This is actually like just, just as new. Right. And um, it was really eye opening for me and it really upset me many times, like while I was listening to it. So I recommend people listen to it to understand what's going on there and see if there's anything you, you can do personally to, to work on maybe fixing this somehow. Yeah, I think that's something, um, those kind of books are, I feel like are very important for people who do live in like a first world country. Like we don't really oftentimes realize the effects um, or, or things that are happening in other parts of the world. The fact that this is happening now um, and like people are being affected now and like how can we even in some small way like help or make a difference? I think those books are very important to read. Um, but hey, I, I want to tell you a story. Actually, I don't even think I told you this. Um, but I, you know, so like I've been in Denver, right? And um, my sister and brother-in-law have been in Chile. And I was picking them up from the airport on Sunday morning. It was like 1.30 in the morning, their flight came in. So, you know, like I stumble out of the house. I'm tired. I get in my car and I start driving to the airport, which is like 30 minutes away. And like 10 minutes away from the airport, I get a flat tire. It's like 1230 in the morning, almost one o'clock. I pull off into this like little 
outside gas station. I don't know where I am. Like all I know is like the airport is like 10 minutes away. And my closest family is 1000 miles away, mind you, like not even Chris's family. Like they were all still in Chile. Chris and Julie were in the air. Like I had nobody. So I was like, I had no idea what to do. I've never changed a flat tire before. Um, and I literally saw like, I got out and noticed I had a flat tire, got back in my car and I'm like, okay, I'm going to call Justin. And if he doesn't answer, I'll cry. Um, but I said, I'm not going to cry unless he answers. <laughs> um, but he did answer the phone and, um, luckily he was able to like, tell me exactly how I changed a tire. But I like afterwards, like after this whole thing, you know, I was, I, I don't know, like, I've just like never experienced something like this before. And afterwards, like it really like put a really fun perspective on like this, like topic of self-dependence and like being able to depend on yourself. And I think it's really cool because, I didn't realize until I was out there in like the middle of the night changing a tire all by myself that literally everything I need is already within myself. Like I could do that all by myself. I could do with or without like my brother answering the phone. Like I I could have looked up a YouTube video, like anything I needed to do, I could have done. And and I think that's really cool. I, I especially think with situations that you do leave your bubble, um, because like, I wrote a blog post about this and I said in my blog post that if I would have been in Wisconsin, I would have had a brother there within like five minutes or I would have had like four or five, you know, Midwestern men that always want to be like good neighbors or something like that, you know, like coming and helping, but like no, nobody stopped to help. Like that, that was fine. Like I was very, very happy. I was able to do that. Um, but like it really put self-dependence into perspective because I realized like it's such a cool thing to like be able to completely rely on yourself, but to be vulnerable enough to allow yourself to rely on other people. And I think that there's like a whole like psychology involved in like this one experience, like how it's so profoundly affected me. Um, did I tell you that story yet? No, but I'm really surprised that you couldn't fit, that you would have had to look up a YouTube video on how to change a tire, but that's okay. I guess I have my dad show me how to do it. I suppose maybe I'm just being a jerk. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think let's let's think about who your dad is and who my dad is. My dad taught me how to file for an LLC, but he definitely like failed me in the way of like gearing me up for the fact that hey, my tires popped. Like I need to figure out how to this. Last this makes year, me think of last year. My brother had to show me how to put what washer fluid in for my car. Like, oh I my gosh, I know it's um, sad. No, but this is this is the truth. I mean, I had a roommate. I won't name this person but you probably will know who I'm talking about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so bad. I mean, it was washer fluid. It was oil. Like this guy knew nothing about anything about a car. Like he had his car shaking the tires, like the the wheels was shaking and he drove it from Stevens point to was to Wasa, which is a 45 minute drive for those not, not aware. Like gosh. this is like, some things that were like very, very basic. Uh, he, he was so bad at, it was hilarious to me, but I realized that a lot of people don't know these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, this is actually an interesting topic. I have this for people who are into crypto and web three, they'll probably know a fellow by the name of Balaji Srinivasan. He's actually got a, a podcast of his own now called, um, the network state podcast, highly recommend it. But he had this project that he was building before he launched it. He wrote his book called The Network State. 
And um, by the way, he's a former CTO of Coinbase. So like this guy's like a big deal. He's back in oh. India now, but um, he he had this project, which was like the idea of this, like people, if society was destroyed in, you know, who knows, like meteors or something, like something destroyed society, we would have no idea how to rebuild society. And he basically tried to like put together this, this, I don't know, like guide essentially and how you would rebuild society. And I think it goes just to this idea of like dependency and so many people are screwed if they do not know how to do these things. And if things go south, like they, they, most people couldn't farm, they couldn't can food or whatever. And I really think that true evolution to like a more developed society would be a society where instead of just relying on these things to work, like the internet turns on and things of that nature, we also spend the time educating people on how the baselines work. Like how did the, the people before us work? Because history tends to repeat itself. And I think it does it because we don't, people don't study what happened in the past. Right. And for people who grew up on farms and in the country, it's different story. They know some of these things, right. They may not know technology things, but they know kind of practical things. And I really think that a truly evolved society will be teaching its people, these, these things, these basic skills that like, if there is no electricity, this is kind of how you live. And I know maybe some people think it's a waste of time, but I think that at least a percentage of the population must know these things or the whole population is totally and royally screwed in, in the event of something big happening. But um, any topics there, any points on that? Otherwise I have, I have my win of the week. Actually, I want to go. Yeah. I mean, I just like wanted to full on agree with that because especially for fields that are running, like they're, they're running out. We don't have enough farmers in the world, like, and not, that many people know how to farm they and not a lot of people would even like put in the work it takes to be a farmer and like I think that there's so many fields and industries that are just dying out and people don't know how like they don't know the first thing about it um, I think the issue is really that people like I've had heard stories from my sister who works in a factory and stuff like that and just people are so unaware of just like using their using their common sense like she mm-hmm. she was some of the some of her coworkers had machinery break break down right the tape the tape thing wasn't working and they're like oh let's call maintenance she goes over there looks at it for two seconds and like can see what's wrong and fixes it by the time maintenance gets there he's like well you know what'd you do and she's like i just did this and that and it's like he's like oh okay cool and the, the her coworkers like how did you do that it's like dude just look at it right and most people most people this is my issue with with schooling versus education is that most people don't ever develop this idea of or this uh, ability to how to think rather than what to think, right? Yeah, so. I was I was just going to say, I think it all plays into the school system and the way everyone is educated because us as homeschoolers, like we have a very unique situation where, you know, the world was our playground. We used our minds every day. We were creative every day. And our peers who were in the school system, they were told how to play. They were told how to use their minds and they never like got that outside the box I mean, it, it, it says it says a lot when no matter what you think of Elon Musk, right, is extremely successful. You can't argue with that no matter who you are. But it says a lot when somebody like Elon Musk won't send his kids to a, any kind of school, any kind of private school. They're, they have this special school where they just basically have a bunch of things that they can solve problems on and work with their work on what they're interested. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I want to go to my win of the week because this is special to me. So today, drum roll, please, <laughs> is three years since I moved to New York. Damn. Good this job. is by the way, recorded on March 2nd for those unaware. 
that's amazing actually okay I'm this plays into my run of the week today is one year since I was employed by a company this is one year since I quit my job and like which kind of like spiraled me into becoming a freelancer and doing whatever the heck I wanted to um so wow huge milestone for both of us congratulations to both of us (laughs) Yeah, I remember I remember this day very vividly. I was like, because the day before you and your family were there, we had this kind of going away party. Yeah. By the way, for those unaware, I had this crazy and terrible, just awful mustache at the time. And um, you can look it up on my Instagram if you want to see pictures. But um, I remember it was like a super sad day in particular because I have seven younger siblings, for those unaware. And um, it was really hard because I didn't know when the next time I would see them would be. Obviously, we didn't know COVID was going to happen. And I remember in particular at the end of the day, kind of uh, most people had left, but I was sitting there playing Smash Bros as my little brother. And um, he was just super, he was super upset and sad that we had to stop playing. And so was I, like it was, it's really tough when they were leaving. But then the next day, March 2nd, flew, uh, flew to, to New York. And I just remember the whole time thinking like, what am I doing? Is this like, is this a good idea? Am I making a big mistake? Um, in particular, I remember because when I got to my Airbnb that I was put up for two weeks, they put the company put me for, up for two weeks in the, in the in the Airbnb nearby the office. And I had three suitcases, which was pretty basically everything I was bringing to New York. And I had to climb up four flights of stairs, which by the way, to me is now nothing because I now have six flights of stairs. But at the time, it was a lot. Three suits of three suitcases up four flights of stairs to get to my Airbnb. And I just remember it was super, super emotional day. I was super nervous for what I was doing. Like I was doing something completely new, working with the international company. But I just, without getting into the whole story, maybe it's a, a time for a reflection podcast another time, but without getting into the whole thing, um, it's crazy to look back and see how I was uh, then. <laughs> My boss was sharing me, he sent me some pictures of like when I was there, uh, some like those old pictures and I just was laughing and, and chatting with him about stuff and it was um it's been it's been a wild three years to say the least that's that's amazing honestly a reflection episode would be a lot of fun just like we can kind of pull up some things of where we were a few years ago and dive into them oh my gosh that would be so much fun for for a maybe even a bonus episode yeah maybe people have to pay us for that one because i'm probably gonna cry if if we do that to be honest like i'm almost crying honestly i might cry too dude it's been it's been like a whirlwind few years it's crazy yeah it is crazy. Like I, yeah, people are going to have to pay if they, I mean, my friends have seen me cry, but like people who want to publicly hear me cry, you're going to have to pay us five bucks or something for, for yeah. a subs- <laughs> premium subscription for, for, we'll call it the tears subscription, but um, all right. Any, anything else that we want to go over? Well, I think this is a pretty solid episode. Um, It's my last night in Denver. So I'm going to enjoy Good. it. But- Denver sucks. Okay, next time you say that, I'm actually going to fly to NYC just to like, I don't know. Uh, Dude, NYC is the, well, it's a great city, by the way. I, it, I, I would say it's the greatest city in the world, but it's not great because people are like, it's not because it's like clean or anything. A lot of people are like, oh, how can New York City be great? It's dirty, blah, blah, blah. There's crime. It's like, dude, that is not what dictates a great city. But anyways, another topic, another time. I think actually, I want to like say something real quick. I think it's crazy I had a really like I don't know a burst of reality today when um I don't know I you haven't responded to it yet but in the Praxis alum channel there's this thing going around about 
um, kind of your job, like where do you work? What do you work? Um, how do you stay motivated? That kind of stuff. But um, in the question of where do you work, I put um, remote wherever in the world I happened to be at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I had a burst of reality of this is my life. Like I'm so freaking lucky to be where I am. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's all to cover in the, in the throwback episode, but <laughs> we'll see. I'm very grateful. Same. I'm very grateful. God's been good. I cannot complain. I do complain often, but I shouldn't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you for visiting with me tonight, Silas. This was fun. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed Please do like, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate that review and that rating. And we'll see you next time on the Deliberate Zoomer Podcast.